In the prologue of the Gospel of John, we are confronted with both glorious mystery and wondrous newness through powerful images of Christ with us. In this sermon delivered on the first Sunday after Christmas, the Reverend S.D. Cantor reflects on the astonishing life found in beginnings, the spirituality of new birth, and Jesus' presence in both. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, our gospel passage for today is so beautiful. It's a hymn so beautiful that it's almost intimidating in its perfection. Last week, I spoke of the incredible newness of the incarnation, the heartbreaking newness of the baby Jesus, and the newness of the new creation that we are promised to become in Christ. Well, the prologue to the Gospel of John seems to bring this glorious newness to a whole new dimension. We are stunned by the heart-stopping profundity and the total newness of the phrase, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The words thrill us with the mystery and the glory of the uncreated Christ. In the whole of the Gospel of John, but particularly in the prologue, Jesus is said to embody the natural elements of the world, uh, primarily life and light. When is life more intense than at the beginning? at a birth and when is light more astounding than when it blazes out of the darkness these elements seem to be at their most astonishing in their very beginning our passage has as its source not only the very beginning of the Bible the beginning of the book of Genesis but also in the pre-Christian concept of wisdom a feminine form of Yahweh in the book of Proverbs the uncreated status of the wisdom Sophia is described. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he established the heavens, I was there. Well, the author of Proverbs seems to want us to make no mistake about the pre-existing nature of the wisdom Sophia. And the author of the Gospel of John wanted us to fully understand the divinity of Christ. We go beyond the Christmas story, because as we hear, Christ was not first there in the manger, but long, long before, at the very beginning. He was not created with the other beings of God's creation, but he was God's co-creator, And not one thing came into being without him. Something about beginnings stir our souls with longing and rend our hearts with hope. In our own beginnings as helpless infants coming out of the chaos of birth, we struggle to experience the spirit, our first breath. And then the new beginnings we witness in our own children might stir even more heartbreak, hope, longing, joy, pride, and fear all at once. Perhaps it's some kind of primal yearning to go back to the very beginning, the pristine newness of the beginning, as if we could re-enter paradise and do it all right this time. I believe that any journey, any calling, 
is fraught with all of these emotions. My own beginnings as an aspirant to holy orders were filled with all these kinds of chaos, hope, fear, just like any birth. In the beginning, when I heard the word, when I received my first calling orders, I had two young children, no Christian friends, and although I'd grown up in the Episcopal Church, I'd only been back to church for a month after a 15-year hiatus. My husband was, and is still, Jewish, and at that time he was still trying to get used to the fact that I was going to church every Sunday. But immediately after hearing the word, I was so struck by the rightness of the calling that I immediately reached for the phone and I called up CDSP, the Church Divinity School of the Pacific, where I later went to seminary. Although this calling was very strong, I was still rather shy in my calling, so I actually said something like, uh, I have a friend who wants to become an Episcopal priest. Uh, what are the steps that she has to take? Well, after I found out that you had to attend the same church for at least three years, attend seminary for at least three years, do field work with no pay for at least one year at another church, work in a hospital for your clinical pastoral education, again for no pay, pass psychological and stringent academic tests, go before the Commission on Ministry three times, go before the Standing Committee three times, be voted on your, by your vestry, and bring back the broom of the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> I hung up and I told myself to get a grip. But the calling tormented me for several more years, and I suppressed it as best I could, trying to go back to the life before the word had spoken. About two years later, I was vacationing with my family at uh, Berkeley Tuolumne Family Camp, right close to Yosemite. And I had gone on a two-mile hike to fetch supplies at the store, and as I walked through the woods, I heard organ music. Well, I braced myself for a spiritual vision, and then suddenly I noticed that I was just approaching a big RV park, and there was a little lodge. I realized, oh, it's Sunday morning. There must be a church service going on in this lodge. I have to check this out. So I walked in in my T-shirt and baseball cap, and there were maybe eight people there, uh, most of them elderly, and a woman was leading them in song. Well, after she finished leading us in song, uh, a short, very attractive woman came up to the podium, and she said, you know, I was just vacationing here with my family, but I heard there was no one to speak this morning, and I, I do speak sometimes at home, so uh, I'm here to speak to you this morning. My name is Patricia from L.A. Well, she proceeded to give one of the most heartbreakingly beautiful sermons on forgiveness I'd ever heard, and I was literally in tears by the end of it. Well, then she welcomed people to come up if they wished for a healing or simply to speak to her, and I stumbled up there and I said, Patricia, I have the strongest calling to the ministry, and it makes no sense in my life. I don't know what to do. So the word spoke up again, and she put both of her hands on my head, and she said, the only thing keeping you from doing what you were created to do is a feeling of unworthiness, and I ask God to remove that now. Well, of course, I fell apart. It was one of the most profound things that's ever happened to me in my life. And after that, I didn't really have any more doubts, although there were many obstacles to be overcome. I came back to Berkeley, and I started seminary with just one class at the Franciscan School. Uh, the class was on the early documents of St. Francis. I really wasn't sure how I would do at seminary, and to my great relief, from the very beginning, I absolutely loved it. Now, even after my road to Damascus experience with Patricia of L.A. in the RV camp, still there were doubts, still there were obstacles that came up, but to my astonishment, once again, with the tremendous support of my community, my family, and friends, they just seemed to dissolve one after another, 
until step by step I went through the process and I found myself a year ago, last December 4th, standing in the front of the cathedral. My husband and my two daughters were my official vestors and they were putting the chasuble over my head as I bawled in the front of the cathedral. And of course, that was only the beginning. I believe that Jesus is there at all of our beginnings, our false starts, our dreams. There's a sacredness, there's a divinity in all our beginnings, our great risks for unlikely results, our marriages, the birth of our children, life's big landmark beginnings. And whenever we fear, perhaps when we tremble to make a big change, to risk a great transition, it may comfort us to know that Christ is there as he was from the very beginning. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We strive to be a welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or through our website, OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R. S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.